in a world crying out for a top ten show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top ten. Take it away, boys. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another brand new episode of Topic Thunder. Here from uh, the Top Ten Show, excited to be back to talk about more comments, questions, thoughts, points of views about the world from our patrons, Matt. Yep, they sent in um, questions, whatever they'd like us to talk about, over at patreon.com forward slash the top ten with the number ten. And we do not know what they are beforehand, so we answer them as... Uh, we receive them and yep. I think it's my turn to start this yeah, time. Yeah. Let's get them all. So the first one comes from, uh, Jason McDonald and he says, okay. fellas, if Private Ryan had turned out to be a single bartender who didn't like to dwell on the most horrific moments in his life, would he have still earned this? Ooh. Or is it earned because of the perceived cause is righteous? Look at him. He's trying to get your emotions, Matt. He's posting, uh, posted, uh, pictures from that moment there on the. Yeah, I would assume. Trying to curry okay. favor with you, Jason McDonald. Uh, well, I don't know if it's specifically me because maybe he is, uh, wanting you to say that he never could have earned it. Too many men died and, uh, it's not justifiable. <laughs> Look, I, <laughs> go ahead. You answer this. This is, you know, go ahead. Well, I would say just because he ended up single and is a bartender doesn't really mean that he didn't earn it because we don't have the slightest clue what he could have been a single bartender because he never wanted to raise a family or something like that. Yeah. But he could have volunteered and yeah. done a million other things to try and make a positive impact on the world. A lot um, of these guys had PTSD coming out of sorry coming out of World War II as well, Matt. So like. He could be single for a number of reasons, not just yeah, not wanting to get married. Maybe he's got a lot of trauma that he's dealing with. Yeah, or didn't uh, – any number of reasons as to how, why or how he could have ended up uh, single. I don't think the earn, earn this is in relation to the perceived righteousness of the cause itself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's more so talking about the individuals that laid their lives, you know, paid the dearest price mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so that he could go home that do something you know with your life whatever that is yeah but make it so that this wasn't a, an exercise in futility uh for all the rest of us yeah 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 so if he did end up becoming a bartender that's fine as long as he didn't become a serial killer yeah or a serial rapist or someone who is consistently cheating people and being just a, just a terrible person what he only said was earn this, like have a good life because so many people sacrificed for you to live through this experience. He didn't say go and change the world, go and cure cancer. He just said earn this. So basically have a good life. And it looked like he did have a good life with the, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the grandchildren there that loved him so much who were there with him. Um, he seemed like a sweet old dude, not the dude who was. In Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, even though the same actor, he seemed like a sweeter dude. So 
I think he did earn this. And if he had been a single bartender, as long as he was great at what he did, and a lot of people, like, I don't know, benefited from him and some of his counsel at certain times, then he has earned the life, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't owe anybody anything. And he didn't ask the government to come save him. Yeah. So it was a bit of a, you know, it was a bit of a, a bit much for Tom Hanks to put this pressure on the poor Matt Damon with the whole earn this kind of shit. But, you know, the movie is the movie. Yeah, but I think it's justified for Tom Hanks to say that to him of, I don't, but you do. You well, do. if had I gone through that um, and known the men that died on the way to find Ryan and to right. try and get him home, I think it's a justifiable thing to say to him. Earn this. I just gave my life so that you could go home. So please don't, you know, make that a regrettable decision on my part, even though I won't be around to assess whether or not that is. Right. Just know that I'll be judging you from the grave. <laughs> so you just, you just write, you know, you had me. And then that last line, well, and that's what I'm getting it. He put a lot of pressure on poor Matt Damon. I think it's, I think it's rightly so. Wow. I would want someone to say that to me so that I didn't piss away the, you know, the amazing gift that was given to me mm. to okay. take advantage of it and to live a life as best you can, whatever that is. If that is being a bartender or working at a hardware store or yeah. uh, being a janitor or a doctor or whatever, it doesn't matter. Just have yeah. a positive impact out there uh, and try and rebuild anew and make this world a better place after this. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Maybe stab a Nazi in the dick for me. You know? Whoa. Oh. I think they deserved it. You did. You did. That's yeah. right. Yes, you're right. I guess you're right. Yeah. Well, yeah. certainly Nazis deserve to get stabbed in the dick no matter what uh, century they're in. But yeah. I mean, this is, um, I don't know. What do you say? Uh, yeah. Basically, we're on the same page about it overall in terms of whether he earned it or not. But. But I think, you know, when I look back on it now, it's a bit of a lot of pressure to put on the poor kid who's always pretty damaged. He could have come out of this, like, with some serious PTSD and trauma and survivor's guilt. And, oh, I'm sure he did. Look at Lieutenant Dan. I mean, he went way off the deep end with his survivor's guilt. So, you know. Um, so yeah. yeah, but the Vietnam War was a different war. I mean, we had a clear objective in World War II, whereas... Yeah, I guess so. But you, you watch uh, Band of Brothers, it seems like the damage is there. Oh, the yeah. Cause experience of it all yeah i agree uh i just think the damage is different from vietnam mm. i'm sure because like oh. it was there was no purpose yeah yeah it was it was a muddier yeah like a view of the world whereas world war ii was very much they're bad we're not yeah um so i mean once you throw like the draft into it and all that stuff it just People going and having to fight against their will, mm-hmm. and then a lot of them turning to drugs while they're over there, and then the prevalence of drugs and a question as to why we're here, and yeah, it just yeah. makes it a tougher situation once you look back on the atrocities of of a war, which is every war, yeah. But that one, when you questioned why you were there in the first place, makes it that much more difficult to swallow that True. pill. True. At least I'm assuming. Yeah, I would imagine so as well. Um, okay. Uh, should we move on to the next one? Um, Jason has the next one. We could we could skip. Yeah, over. We'll, yeah. skip. We'll come back to that one on the the next show. Okay, Andrew uh, Gorziski. I hope I'm saying that right. That's the next one we have here. He says, "Hey guys, very very excited. 
I've been a longtime fan since the very beginning, and I finally jumped into being a patron. I know what took me so long. Well, thank you, Andrew. Very mm-hmm. kind of you. My question is about, is about Paul Feig. The guy seemed on a roll as the hottest comedic director when he put off Bridesmaids, The Heat, and Spy. So when he was announced as the director of 2016 Ghostbusters, it seemed like a great fit, but we know how that turned out. I personally think it gets more hate than it deserves, but still, it's not good. That's fair. Since Ghostbusters, he has seemed to turn away from the comedy he is known for. He made the critically successful mystery A Simple Favor and the romantic holiday movie Last Christmas. Although both have their comedic elements, it's far from the straight-up broad comedies he was known for. So I'm asking, do you think his change of direction of projects is a direct effect of the Ghostbusters calamity? Do you think it's a personal choice on himself that he's maybe nervous to go back to broad material? Because I find it would be weird for studios to shy away from him doing big comedies again just because of one mishap. Are there other directors you know who are known for doing certain genres and suddenly went in other director directions? I know David Lynch made Straight Story and Wes Craven stepped away from horror to do Music of the Heart, but those were just one movie each. I feel like maybe Todd Phillips is heading in that direction. Thanks for your time and thoughts. I appreciate all the entertainment over the years. Drew Gorzitsky, uh, if you guys don't pronounce it right, I'll spell it phonetically next time. So I hope I said it right. Um, That's, that, that would be my guess, too. Okay. So if all it's right. not pronounced like Drew, that, that Drew, you should probably think about changing it because – Two people are guessing that's what it is. So, so yeah. Most people probably assume that's what it is too. <laughs> Just uh, anyway, um, the yeah. first person I thought of was Adam McKay. Yeah, right. Just well, and I, I would imagine that's that's what Paul's kind of. Shifting of I I can do other things. I don't have to just do broad comedies only because yeah. nobody wants to be pigeonholed, and you only get the real accolades in Hollywood if you do dramas. Yeah. So the potential slight shift over away from one specific thing that you're known for to trying to branch out to do others, especially if those are successful in any regard, well, then you might get more opportunities to keep branching out and branching out. Mm -hmm. So that would be my assumption is he's seen other directors pivot and have success, and he wants the same thing of I could do more than a broad comedy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's, you know, my guess as to why I don't think the Ghostbusters, and I agree with this assessment. I don't think it deserves the hate. I just didn't enjoy it. Yeah, ditto. ditto. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't think that one failure is enough for him or Hollywood to say no more comedies for you. Right. Um, I would imagine just maybe he got a bad taste in his mouth from people's expectations and whatnot and the backlash before it even came out. Trailer comes out and. Oh, yeah. It's one of the reasons that there's no longer a dislike button on YouTube <laughs> uh, amongst a, a few other instances. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. you know, they just trashed it before they even saw it because how dare you do this? Yeah. And that's an instance where who, who gives a shit? Give, it could be great. Yeah. There are others where I don't think Bond should be a woman because we've had 30 films and 50 books where he's a guy. Yeah. So that to me is much more, whereas, I don't know, but that's fine. If you're upset with it, who cares? Hmm. Uh, it's your right to be, and I can't tell you that you're wrong. Right. Um, but yeah, I can't imagine that's enough for him to stop wanting to do comedies. I just assume it's, I'd like to do something different now. 
Yeah, and maybe, yeah, maybe he kind of was burned by the Ghostbusters thing, which is totally fine in a, a big studio. Maybe he felt he wasn't supported by that, and maybe he felt um, that the way it all went down left a really bad taste in his mouth. Mm-hmm. So coming back with something like A Simple Favor, which was really well received by the critics, as, um, uh, as uh, 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 Andrew points out here, uh, is a way to kind of get back into the favor. Then Last Christmas, I like Last Christmas. I know there are plenty of people who did not like that movie. I think it's very sweet. I think it's the best Amelia Clark movie she's ever done. Um, and it worked for me because I most more often than not, or way more often than not, just kind of side on the Paul Feig side of things and his approach to comedy. I like Spy, and there are some people who didn't like Spy. Um, I love The Heat. Holy shit, do I love The Heat. Uh, but there are people who don't like that movie. There are a lot of people who don't like the movie. So it's just like it's he's got a certain style. I think Bridesmaids was the one that's universally beloved for the most mm-hmm. part. Um, and the thing also is that he worked on a number of TV shows doing multiple episodes before he jumped into yeah. full features, right? I mean, he's worked on Weeds. 30 Rock, Nurse Jackie, The Office, multiple episodes, by the way, in those series, Arrested Development, uh, and certainly obviously Freaks and Geeks and what have you. So, I mean, he's got a style. And so maybe he, he, he realized, you know what? I'm just going to go for the smaller stuff, kind of focus on that, because that whole hoopla and all of that kind of burnt me. But also, Matt, I think you might agree with this, too, is – the broad comedy doesn't work anymore. Like, there's not people clamoring for broad comedy shows or, sorry, movies anymore. Those aren't doing well. Um, and I haven't seen a broad comedy do well in quite some time. And I think that's the public's tastes are changing for those kinds of things. And you also have to find the right actors. Like, Will Ferrell is not as, you know, um, uh, standard or commonplace as people think, and we don't really have anybody like that who's going to step in and be that person, you know? So it's tough to do broad comedies when you don't yeah. have a lead, female or male. It'd be Kevin Hart. That's like the next. Yeah, but. And he, he his movies don't do well enough. Here. Right. They don't do well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think broad comedies aren't dead. Okay. Um. Because nothing ever truly is, so long as you make something good enough, it can easily come back. Look at pirates. Pirate films were dead in the water. Nobody ever wanted to do them. True. And then Johnny Depp does one, and now suddenly we don't have a bunch of pirate films, but there's a potential chance, and studios are hearing pictures for pirate films. And, yeah. you know, it's like a, a you never could add a single camera sitcom here in the States. Yeah. And then for a while there, it was the only thing ever getting made outside of what CBS put out. Yeah. But every other channel is like, it's single camera only. That's all we're touching. Right. And then, you know, you could easily shift back. Uh, But broad comedies, I think, are tougher just because with the advent of various people basically able to coalesce a loud enough voice if they're offended at a joke. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That it makes people hesitant to make large spectacle comedies because unfortunately if a joke is funny you're going to offend someone right right right, right. it's just someone's got to be the butt of the joke exactly that is the nature of humor yeah um and i i realize i just once you start drawing lines of distinction of what is funny and what isn't funny well that is utterly subjective to every person individually 
mm-hmm. and trying to say that you can't make a joke about this. Well, you're offended by that, but I bet you I could find equal number of people that think it's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. And trying to make a broad comedy now, it's really different, unless it's all going to be scatological or something. And yeah. even then, you're going to offend people. I mean, because I mean, in essence, Bridesmaids is a male uh, broad comedy that's done with women in it. You know, the the scatological humor is there. The idea of one person lost in, in some sort of depression, the other person has to drag them out of it or get people to come drag them out of it. The villain becomes the hero in a way. Um, and so that happens. That's happened in male comedies before, broad comedies before. But I think Matt hits on something that I think is the truth is that it's so difficult. I mean, the comedy world has been really subjected to a lot and sometimes rightfully so, sometimes not rightfully so to a lot of criticism from outside forces who are telling them how to be funny, what yeah. they can and can't joke about. Mm-hmm. And comedians really don't like that. Well, it's just, it's, that is Utterly subjective. Yeah, right. Exactly. Just look, you have all the right in the world to be offended. And guess what you can do? You can walk the fuck out. Yeah. Right. That is that is your response. I'll take my dollars elsewhere. Congratulations. You don't have to hear me anymore. I don't care. Right. Right. I don't want you in my audience anyway. And don't Um, make a scene and don't come back as a comedian. Just walk out. Just get up. Yeah. Don't stomp your feet as you go. Yeah. It's just it's like the people that. And I've had it in almost every comic that's done enough shows. You've had it happen where someone is like, I don't like this, and be like, well, you're the only one. Yeah. Look around the fucking room. Yeah. Just they, look, they paid money to hear me, not to hear you bitch. Right. So get the fuck out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and why are you going to a comedy show to watch yeah. safe comedy in a, in a comedy or, store or a laugh factor, any of those places? You're not going to see fucking PG comedy, for God's sake. No, there are there are outlets for that, sure. but the worst is anywhere that's not here where you go out and it's just headliner feature and either opener or MC. Right. And they show up and they don't do any research about who's going to be there. They just show up to the comedy club and be like, well, unfortunately, you put no fucking effort in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the fact that you're offended, I could give two shits about. You could have looked me up and seen what I do. Yeah. But you didn't. It's not like you go to the movies. And just I'll take whatever the next available is. You watch a trailer. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, just any of that. But it does uh, – you can get enough traction to where a studio, studio might be hesitant mm. because they could lose money. They're, our, they're a capitalist endeavor. Yeah. You know, they'll, they'll happily make a, a movie about how evil the studios are so long as that movie makes enough money because then the studio made money and they don't care. Right. Like it doesn't they're they're in the process they're in the business of making money uh first and foremost, yeah, and um, I think we're seeing comedy movies now become smaller uh and sure. stuff like Booksmart or late night or Britney runs a marathon or these other kind of smaller approaches I mean office party that was an attempt to do a bit of a broad comedy, horrible bosses that those two movies are a bit to uh, attempt to do a little bit more broader comedy. But most of the time, broader comedies are male-led. They do have, you know, kind of they play on the stereotypes of certain things about women or about men or about grossness or whatever. That's that's kind of what they have to play at. But but there is a, a flavor or there is a, a audience for this kind of stuff that's still there because if you watch Peacemaker, that's as 
um, brutal and as, as out there of a comedy as you can get that is scatological, that plays on the gender stereotypes or whatever, but it works uh, because it's done in a certain way that James Gunn understands how to walk out on that high wire and balance the two things with its with his lead or the two leads I would argue with the uh, bio. Mm-hmm. but yeah I mean this is so this is so there isn't still there is still people want to laugh at, at at of course shit or something but like there's just that loud voice on the other side and as I said I think there are legitimate issues to be taken in certain moments and then in other things I'm like people are going way out there and way too far and I think that's unfortunately what's funding or fueling a lot of the disdain on the right and be, they're taking advantage of some people's uh, angry about what's going on here because it's getting a bit too much. And, uh, Joey Behar and Behar, whatever you say your name, and Howard Stern, they both came out when people were trying to boycott Joe Rogan the other day because of the Neil Young situation. And they were like, you can vote, just as Matt said, you can vote by not listening to him. Yeah. You can vote by encouraging other people to not listening to him, not getting him kicked off Spotify. Like that's, that's not, it's censorship. Whatever you like it. It it's is. Censorship. Yeah. It's flat out. It doesn't matter, like, you find him reprehensible, you don't like what he says, that's fine, but he draws enough viewers yeah. that Spotify is like, I don't give a fuck what you say. Right. Uh, it's like Neil Young, I want, you know, I want to be deplatformed, and that's fine, you have all the right to do that. Absolutely. And it's, it's, Neil knows it's grandstanding, mm-hmm. and it's raising more of an issue, uh, in the point, uh, of, the type of platform that Joe has mm-hmm. and Joe can, you know, take it or leave it. He doesn't, he can't affect him or can't affect him. Right. It's gotta be pretty sweet though, that Neil Young, like if you were Joe Rogan, all of a sudden like, man, Neil Young is picking a fight with me. This is pretty awesome. <laughs> I guess. I mean, Neil Young's a geriatric singer now. Yeah, but it's Neil Young for Christ's yeah. sakes. I mean, if this was Elvis in his prime, you're picking a fight with. That would make sense because Neil Young wasn't even the most famous of his foursome, for God's sake. So, no, but that's David Crosby. Numerous individuals in the music industry have gone on saying Neil Young was my favorite artist. Oh, absolutely, yes, one of the greatest artists, bar none, sure. But that doesn't mean it translated into yeah, yeah, yeah. on millions of. And that's what I think too. I mean, Neil Young was never about the money, so him making this stand is consistent with who he is as a person. Totally. He even called out MTV. Remember years ago, he called out MTV when it was like being too much or and rocking in the free world. Read those lyrics. It's all about, you know, kind of rebelling against the new corporate structure that had co-opted rebellion as their calling card to, in essence, reinforce corporate control of these things all over again and play like they're rebels. So it was brilliant stuff and he's always yeah. been consistent with. It. So I appreciated the stand he took and, more artists who are out here vocally complaining and vocally complaining about Spotify, Matt, uh, are not willing to make this decision because exactly they their money. So but they, Neil's already got his money, so right, exactly. So what's your stance? That's that's the thing at the end. That's you know, and and I have my personal things about this because I'm like people who don't want to take a stand for their political beliefs and are because they're afraid to lose followers or subscribers or clicks or likes or whatever the nonsense in their head. I respect that, but stay consistent. If you're going to come and cry to me about the one issue that it's safe to cry about and not Mm -hmm. lose subscribers over, fuck you. I don't care. I don't care about your issue because you've got to be consistent. And I think the same thing here, right? If you're going to complain about um, Joe Rogan being on Spotify, but you're going to keep your shit on there, then fuck you. Yeah, I don't don't know. I I think your credibility, you know, your credibility is lost with me for the most part, you know. And 
you know, those that, that cry foul at some sort of comedy. Yeah. You have, it's like the, the Chappelle backlash. You have all the right. Right. To be offended and to not watch and everything else. Yeah. But don't be upset if you telling somebody why they're wrong, why they're not receptive to that. Just like, look, you have all the right in the world to be offended. You don't have to listen. Yes. That's the fact of the matter. You can walk away. No one is forcing you to sit here and listen to this. Uh, and you're like, oh, well, he has a platform. You're like, well, because he's still drawing eyes and this is a business. Mm-hmm. Um, your, you know, your quibble is with the system. Uh, right. And the individual, but the system in place of you can't deplatform someone because you don't like, you know, the jokes that they're telling. But like, yeah. unfortunately, that's not the way this works. And I hope it never does. And I'd like, I want to know when someone is offensive or something because it gives me a better perspective of who they are. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, there is a and, and Matt, of course, you can speak to this more. I'm no stand up, but you can speak to it more than I can. But I, as a studier of comedy, because I've watched so much sure. comedy through the years, this is the standard thing. Every comedian who is a who is of note and is intelligent, their act changes their to mirror their political beliefs, to yeah, mirror their changing approach. Right. Their growth. You watch Chappelle now. I watched uh, a little bit of Chappelle from back in the 90s, early 2000s. It's a completely different Dave Chappelle now. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Eddie. Like, if Eddie was to come back and do stand-up, it would be completely different than what he did on Raw or Delirious. And not just because he's older, but also because he's seen more of the world. He's experienced more. So his, his views have changed. So do I think that what Dave said was correct? No, absolutely not. But he's a stand-up, and he's got a right to his point of view. He's earned this platform that he's on. And you have a right to protest him and get people to to not watch watch his stuff, but to silence him, I think that's where yeah. I feel, I feel like there's mistakes going on here. And people take this whole like, oh well, he's going to influence all these people. They're going to run out and start taking bats to people. No, he's just a comedian. Yeah. And the thing is, you've got to kind of understand what he's trying to say. Yeah. If those people were going to take uh, do physical harm to someone, they were going to do it anyway. Exactly. They were already ready. Exactly. He had nothing to do with, they might just use an instance like this, whatever it is, as a shield. Um, So, yeah, it's it's frustrating. I I love that Chappelle is doing stuff like that, personally. I genuinely do. Yeah. Well, just because, otherwise, the inverse... If everybody pulls back and whatnot, well, comedy is dead. Yeah, there won't there won't be anything but safe fucking ABC Family comedy. Yeah, there you mean that's not yeah. comedy. And the the reason people become superstars is because they tackle these subjects yeah. in a way that's that's um outlandish or groundbreaking or pushes against your uh makes you think. Yeah, right, exactly. You have to develop an opinion. Yeah. And to figure out why this do, you do not like this as yeah. yeah if it all becomes safe and pathetic, then it's dead yeah entirely yeah so I you know somebody out there it had to catch some strays and thankfully it's Chappelle who's bulletproof right he so, really so yeah he is, he is. and yeah. he's still my favorite comic that's mm. not going to change right. Right. Um, and I think he had a valid point when he said, it's funny how you guys have been laughing along how I talk about the black community for years and you guys haven't had an issue. And all of a sudden I talk about the trans community and which again, I, I think was very valid for people to come out against it. 
but there was inconsistency in the offense. If you're talking about black people and you make fun of black people, I'm okay with it. Um, and I'm fine with it. I didn't have a problem, but you talk about trans people, all of a sudden I've got an issue with it. So there's the thing that I think he was right to come out and be like, Hey, there's an inconsistency here in your offense. There's, yeah. There's he wasn't hypocrisy. saying they have a right to be offense. Right, exactly. He didn't say they have a right to be offense. He just said there's an inconsistency here. Yeah. Because you motherfuckers have been laughing real hard when I make fun of the black community. Or, yeah, or make fun of white people or make yeah. fun of all of these other things. Right, right. You have zero problem with it. Yeah. But this is, you know, a bridge too far. And he's like, well, tough shit. Welcome to comedy. Yeah, exactly. That is my f- favorite fucking thing when you push somebody to the edge of I thought a guy was going to beat me up one night because uh, he wasn't he wasn't enjoying it and I specifically saw him and I made comment on it Yeah, and he had his arms crossed and he had a shitty look on his face and the broom was loving it so eventually he was like oh you didn't like that last joke well sir you're going to fucking hate this next one <laughs> and it just makes the audience like you that much more oh yeah oh yeah so I told the joke it was a prison rape joke and, uh, it's a good joke. I got a lot of compliments on that joke. Uh, I was, I would put it this way. I wrote it. I was very pleased with myself and <laughs> it got the reception that I was expecting. Yeah. And then when I got off uh, a buddy of mine who I consider a really good joke, right? He's like, that's great. I love <laughs> this tweak. And then how you segue to that. I'm like, thank you. That was my favorite part. You know, just one of those of you're very pleased with this. Cause sometimes you write something, you're like, that's awesome. And you do it and it just dies and you're like, fuck. Uh, so when you write something, I still remember the first time I did it, but I just yeah. specifically looking him straight in the eye and like, you're going to fucking hate this. <laughs> and he didn't budge. The rest of the room loved it. Yeah. He didn't seem, and then he followed me out of the room when I Whoa. was on stage. It was at the store. Uh, sold out crowd. And he followed yeah. me out and two security guards followed him out. And we walked down the stairs into the back hallway and he just was like, I really loved you. I thought you were great. And I was like, okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't fucking believe you, but okay. Uh, the two security guards are standing there watching it too and like, what? Yeah. I didn't expect this. <laughs> and I just, you did not love me. You're saving face on some capacity. I don't know yeah, why. You're afraid of these two security guards or what they Yeah, guys. or just you want to prove to whoever you were sitting with that you had a good time. I, yeah. Fucking no clue, but. <laughs> yeah, some of my favorite things to watch on, on Facebook when I roll on there, it, you know, they have that video option. You can watch just a bunch of videos is when comics are, are calling out hecklers and going back and forth with them. Oh my God. It's. Mm. It's brilliant because I don't know why you go to a comedy show looking to get offended. It, it's just kind of mind-blowing to me but, to do that. You know? I mean, sometimes you just come in and you had a shit day and you already bought the tickets and there's nothing you could do about it. I get it. But don't take your shit out on a comic who yeah. has their job just trying to – they themselves are just trying to have a good day themselves. Yeah, we're just trying to entertain. Time. Yeah. Just trying to entertain. That's yeah. all we're trying to do. Yeah. Take the – take your – you know, leave your worries at the door. Yeah. Have a couple drinks. Trust me. If you just give into it, you'll you'll enjoy the living hell out of yourself. Right, right. More often than uh, not. More. Yeah, yeah. There are bad nights where it's just like this sucks. That person is not good. They should never right. have gotten the spot. I agree. I've seen right. those. Right, right. But usually, because the average audience member hasn't sat through as many shows as any comic, so they don't know if this dude is hacky, or we've I've heard fifty of these. Like it's when. When Schwarzenegger became governor, do you know how many fucking Schwarzenegger wow. governor impressions I heard? Oh my god, it was it was mind numbing after two weeks, and it went on for months. <laughs> but audiences ate it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it didn't go away, and just because they didn't know, they don't have fucking clubs every night. So you're just yeah. like, oh fuck, I got to hear this asshole do his 
fucking Schwarzenegger again. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but what are you going to do, you know? But they enjoy themselves, and ultimately that's all that matters. Right. Exactly. Uh, anyway. All so, right. Well, there you go. Yeah. All right. Uh, thank you so much, Andrew, for that question. We appreciate it madly. And um, uh, thank you to James as well for his question. Uh, and ladies and gentlemen. Huh? Jason. Not James. Oh, sorry, Jason. Sorry, Jason. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, please uh, start sending in more of these questions, thoughts, and comments. We're getting a little bit low. So this is our uh, weekly or every few weeks call out to uh, remind you to send questions, thoughts, and comments. All the $5 and above patrons. You know what address? Huh? I think it is, is. When we first started to do it, we had so many yeah. that we're getting into it like six weeks later, we're addressing one, and they're making reference of a holiday that was four months ago. <laughs> so I think people held back because we just got – there were so many for the longest time, yeah. and now they're rifling in. So please, like Machine Gun Lemke. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah, you haven't been there for a while, and I understand. That's how you got your nickname is because you – we're writing so many great ones and we were answering all of them. Yeah. Uh, but held back because you know, seriously, when we first started, there would be, I would say minimum 40 times what we have now. Yeah. Like we had a boatload that took so long to get through and now mm-hmm. we're, uh, creeping back up. So every week we've got, you know, like five to 10 left. Yeah. And you feel like, Oh shit, we're almost out again. Uh, we don't want to run out. Please hit us up. And then we get, uh, you know, restocked with another five to ten. Yeah. But please, for those that are our regulars we haven't had for a long time, hit us up. Uh, those we haven't heard from in a long time, hit us up. We'd love to do it. Whatever you guys want to talk about. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and Matt, where can they find you? Uh, at Matt Nost on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, please hit me up. There you go. Follow me at the Roka says on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok as well. And we'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode of Topic Thunder. Ooh.